the Small Queendom Podcast, episode 22. back to the Small Queendom Podcast. This is Leah Graham, the host. I'm so glad that you have joined me today. Now, for those of you who are longtime listeners of the podcast, you will recognize today's guest. It is Spring Estep. Spring was one of my first guests way back to episode two when she talked about creating community. And this is one of our most popular episodes so far. And she is back because you all know she is my BFF. And we are just jamming on a lot of different things today. Um, We're talking about... um, how uh, service work in Guatemala can uh, can really happen here at home. You don't have to go to another country. We're talking about her uh, journey uh, into keto. We're talking about the importance of just being kind. And we have, we have some fun and a lot of laughs in between. So I think you're going to enjoy this one. So without any delay, here's Spring. For another episode of the Leon Spring Show. <laughs> I was just thinking, if only we could get paid to talk, which we kind of do. We kind of do. <laughs> Who knew? Oh my gosh. Okay, girl, you were on my second episode of the Small Queen of Podcast. <laughs> A lot has changed since oh, then. Oh, yes. But some things are still the same. And I have had so much positive feedback about your episode. It is one <laughs> so of my funny. most popular episodes. Oh, good. Yeah. So that's. People love you. What can we say? <laughs> Tell my husband and my children that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, girlfriend. So for the people who are new to the podcast, give us a quick rundown on who Spring Estep is, and then we want to hear what you've been up to the past couple months. Okay. Well, Spring Estep is, number one, a hot mess, which is not a bad thing. No comment. Yeah, I mean, people are like, what is a hot mess? And you can have good hot messes and you have bad hot messes. If you're a bad hot mess, we'll pray for you. But if you're a good hot mess, that's like, I'm owning that. I'm a good hot mess. You are a good hot mess. <laughs> I'm like a good cup of coffee. It's like good and strong, sometimes a little sweet. It's had to be reheated a couple times. <laughs> that's a bad hot mess, <laughs> So, yeah, I'm a hot mess, but... Um, I love life, and I love people, and I love relationships and community, and all things natural with a good dose of microblading and a really nice lip gloss. <laughs> yeah, that describes you very accurately. Oh my gosh, <laughs> and I love a good mani-pedi. <laughs> preach so, it, preach it. Yes. All right, girl, so what have you been up to since we talked last? I mean, I feel wow. like a lot has changed. Yes. Your pool is kind of in. Oh, Let's talk about what's not happened since our last episode that we did together. Our pool was supposed to have been done in July. It is now November, and it is still not done. Um, that is a slow, steady process. Lord help me with that. First world problems. Oh, it totally is. And that's the only thing that's keeping me like from losing my mind right now is that I'm like, okay, Lord... <laughs> This is not a true problem. It's just frustrating, you know? Well, I think it's hard because you have identified that the pool is your happy place. It is. And you like you are pretty much 
a low-maintenance person. Even yes. if you love your mani-pedi and your lip gloss, totally. you are very, very low-maintenance. Yes. But yes. you have identified that your happy place to recharge, reset, so you can do what you do best is to get in the pool. It is. So that is frustrating. It is. And I thought that I would be able to recharge this summer in my pool, and it just doesn't happen. <laughs> but next summer, <laughs> y'all look for an episode of the Polar Bear Club because we are swimming in that dang pool even if it's December. I don't care. Oh, wow. So the pool's not done, but no big deal. But since we last met, I launched my brand, springestep.com. Amazing. And yeah, and that's been, I mean, as you know, it's an adventure. Where we're having to, you know, just do things that are different in our world of, like, consistency and oh, yeah. <laughs> staying busy with, you know, our oil lives. But launching a brand is a big deal. So It's, it's kind of this, the world we live in right now. It is. And I feel like it's that thing that everybody's doing, but then, like, nobody's doing it. It's weird because we have mm -hmm. so many people in our world that do, are doing that. But then we also have a lot of people that have not, like, stepped into this world. So... It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. But it's good work because it makes us have to, like, define who we are mm -hmm. and um, cre be creative and constantly creating stuff, even, like, when we don't feel like it. So, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a busy season. We just got back from Guatemala, spending a week down there with your hubby. With my hun. Oh, I call him my hun. hun. Leah calls him hun, and so I call him hun. And uh, my husband is babe. Yes, so, Babe and Hun. Babe and Hun. I spent a week with Babe and Hun in Guatemala. Tell us what you did there. Uh, so we went down with um, Adam Graham and uh, Jennifer Diedrich. And they're two people from our oil team. And then we met up with more of our team, our oil team down in Guatemala. And we built a house for Volcano Victim. Um, he lost, his name is Barnabé, and he lost 12 of his immediate family members in the volcano. And he lives quite a ways from the location where we built the house for him. But he was a pastor in his community. And he lost everybody and then um, really didn't have a place to go. So we built this house. And he is moving. Well, he moved into it the, the day that we finished up. And it's going to be a great spot for him to just have community and relationships and relocate and have a fresh outlook on life. So we worked for four days in the sweating, hot, like a hot, like I've never felt in my so life. Hot. It was so hot. But it was really kind of, um, it was a life-changing experience to be able to build such a simple home for somebody who has had their life dramatically changed, like tragically changed. Um, it's just kind of... It builds perspective in your own life when you're like, oh man, my pool's not done. Bless my heart, right? Mm -hmm, like, <laughs> totally. But there's somebody whose their whole life has changed, and we can go down there and for a minimal cost. I mean, it's so minimal. Like the whole cost of a house is forty three hundred dollars, and I think about wow. like what we spend forty three hundred dollars on in yeah. a blink of an eye, and we don't even think about it. But for them, like that that amount of money is a bathroom and a house and a stove and it's life-changing. So we did that, and we're actually looking forward to doing at least one, if not two trips a year to Guatemala to work with Catalyst Resources International um, to kind of start a thing where we do team branches, which is our oil team, building homes for people and having like a relief um, outreach with our team. So kind of exciting stuff. 
You know, I'm just going to go ahead and say, like, I'm kind of a mission trip skeptic. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's Mm -hmm. a lot of interesting economics that go into that. Um, There's a really great documentary called Poverty Inc. If y'all haven't watched it. Yes, watch it. Yeah, it's so good to to watch. But uh, watching the experience when y'all were down there, I thought it it was amazing because literally there was no house. You were clearing brush and then... The foundation went down, and yeah. then the boards were being nailed together. I mean, literally, you built a house. It wasn't a photo op. Right. Absolutely. This was not a vacation. Oh, gosh, no. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> were working your we worked tails, our tails off. off. We did. But um, one, of the, one of the things, as I was like watching from afar, um, at the dedication, when they sang, Great is Thy Faithfulness in Spanish, I, was, I lost it. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah, it's it's funny because a lot of people say like, oh, I don't do mission trips because like I'm not a Christian or I don't go to church or I don't do that. And and for me, it's not about mission trips. It's more about impact. Like, mm-hmm. what can we do as humans to impact the world? Because that for me is like, it's what holds people back so much because we sit in our comfortable spaces and we talk about our problems when... People have real problems in the world, and we are so privileged, even as poverty-stricken Americans, like government assistance, no money, nothing to call your own, you are still better off than people who live in third world countries. That, like, the thought of government assistance in places like Guatemala, there is none. It's like you can't go get your food stamps or your housing allowance or whatever. Like, it's not there. So, like, when I think about what kind of impact we, me, myself, my family, my children, uh, my, my business, the people that I partner with, when I think about what kind of impact we can have, it has nothing to do with mission trip for me. It has more to do with, like, humanity mm-hmm. and just showing the love of Jesus to people through kindness mm-hmm. and reaching out and causing a ripple effect where we can, we can literally change the world by just getting uncomfortable for a moment of our life, right? Like, yes, it's so impactful. So I think about like, you know, where I was 10 years ago, where I was five years ago. And then I think about where I'm now with my business, like huge impact, huge influence. How can we use that influence that we have in what we do with doTERRA or with um, anything that you're in in life? Like if you have relationships with people, you can use those relationships to influence the world. And for me, in this season that I'm in right now, I just think, man, we're hitting Guatemala, you know, and, mm-hmm. and our neighborhoods and our community. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to get uncomfortable and do things so that we can have an influence in people's lives all over the world. And right now, we have a focus on Guatemala. So, yeah, you know, for this, it the whole year has been difficult for me. I've talked about that a lot. <laughs> yes. And it feels like sometimes especially just as a mother of young children, Mm. you know, living in a small town, sometimes it can feel like I'm just in a rut. Mm. And I think if you're just stuck in a rut, then the quickest way to get out of it is to walk through the door of service. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter, like, where you are. You know someone who is connected to something Mm. that you can plug into and make a difference. Yes. That sweet man now has a home. Yes. And... A, an extra room that probably someone oh, he knows already yes. moved in with him. Exactly. Now they have a home, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, th- that would have been easy to be like, well, 
that's not enough. It meant a lot to him. Oh, it meant yeah. a lot to him. But it doesn't have to be Guatemala. Mm-mm. It can be in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that you know, we always kind of get on these conversations that always turns into community and relationships. Always. <laughs> that's your MO, girl. I'm telling you, it is. But I just like drive around and like see people in wherever, like downtown, your local downtown area, or at church, or anywhere you go, and people are hurting, and they need kindness, and they need understanding, and I think that we have these big camps of people who are like, oh, well, you can't, you know, you have to be careful about who you accept, and acceptance is a bad thing, because you can't accept everybody, and that is not truth. Mm -hmm. It's not okay, and it causes division, and it causes people to, like, shore up in their houses, and be miserable. And if you're having a hard time in your life, if you are stuck in a rut, the best thing that you can do is just step outside your doors and go be of service Mm -hmm. to anybody. Just smile at somebody. Make a loaf of bread and give it to your neighbor or Mm -hmm. make an extra little portion of your meal and take it to someone because that is what changes the world. I I even, I'm in a mom's group in my town and you know, one thing that I've observed is the power of an extra pack of diapers. Oh, you know, yes. there are so many like women who are trying to make their budget work mm. and you, they're raising these babies. And what if, you know, when you were buying diapers, you bought an extra pack and just t- took it to that person and be like, hey, I had this and I wanted to bring it to you. Like, you know, yes. like that makes a big deal. So, is it surprising to you though, like, how, and I don't, you and I've talked about this in the past about like hospitality and just being Mm -hmm. hospitable. And I think that that doesn't have to be in your home. Mm -mm. It can just be while you're grocery shopping and like pick up a couple extra things to take to someone. Mm -hmm. But it's surprising to me that like we are in a time now where people don't even consider that, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like if you run through Starbucks, I mean, let's like make it really practical, right? You go to Starbucks and you're grabbing yourself a cup of coffee, like just pick up the tab of the person behind you. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. it all the time. Mm-hmm. And like, it's funny because people are like, oh my gosh. And it's just a couple dollars. Mm-hmm. But if we all were like having this conversation all the time and people, it was very like forefront in people's mind, I think that we could have such a bigger impact. Like take politics out of it, take religion out of it, take all of that mm-hmm. out of it and just practice kindness and be hospitable, not just in your home, in your life. You know, I love a couple good quotes, so I'm thinking of Come some. on, Leah. Come all right, on. Give all right. quotes. So, Bob Goff says in his book, Everybody Always, he says, um, stop, you know, trying to... I'm paraphrasing. But he says, yes. stop trying to put everything under the umbrella of ministry. It oh, should just yes. be Tuesday. Yes. You know, like, hey, totally. this is Tuesday, and I'm doing this thing. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have to have a title. <laughs> and then another thing is, you know, to stop thinking about what we have that is different. Like, start mm-hmm. thinking about the way that we're the same. Yes. So, you know, you might have someone who... You don't agree on nine really important things to you, but maybe you agree on that tenth. So how about if you focused on the fact that you both really want to love your families the best that you can? Absolutely. I mean, that's humanity right there. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. I could do all day on this topic. I know we could. But I also (laughs) want you to talk about, um, I want you to talk about keto because you've been doing that and having some some success. Now, you know, let's preface it with all the things. Like, all the things. We are not what our weight is. Yes. Body positive. Body body positive. I'm chunky and I'm happy. (laughs) 
But at the end of the day, sometimes I think that physical health is also a sign of emotional growth. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. tell us what you've been doing. So, my, like, when I say I struggle with my weight my whole entire life, like, it's not really a struggle. It's just my weight fluctuates. You know, like, I'm always very happy. Like a lot of women. Totally. I'm just a woman. I have hormones. I've got children. I've got problems. So, like, (laughs) and I love food. I mean, I am a carbaholic. Like... I'm a carbitarian. Um, <laughs> I do love carbs. I do. Um, and just like through the stresses of life, my weight has fluctuated quite a bit. Um, so finding like, I hate diets because I feel like ugh, it's such a waste. It is such a waste to say like, I want to diet because then you feel limited from the get go. Yes. And it's, it just makes it hard. But we have always, well, not always, I would say over the past like six years have really tried to eat healthy. Um like good fats, good good food, clean food. Like we practice the 80-20 rule in our life. So 80% of the time we're really good. 20% mm-hmm. of the time we fail miserably. Mm-hmm. But we have to have that for us to be able to be sane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we travel a lot. So, you know, and we're in people's homes a lot. So I can't be super picky all the time. But um, about five months ago, Keith and I decided to look into keto Um and it was a little bit of one of those, like, back and forth things because, you know, we've watched all the documentaries, Forks Over Knives, or was it Knives Over Forks? Forks Over Knives, and, like, all the, all the, what is the other one? Um, the one about vegetarianism. Oh, I can't remember, but yeah. it made a big splash. It made a huge splash. So, we, like, we've seen them all, um, and we're neither one of us are that committed to, like, eliminating something completely from our life. But keto made sense for us because we were already doing keto but not keto. We were just having too many carbs, like lots of carbs. Mm-hmm. So you were already eating a lot of good fats. Yes. Um, we don't ever do fat. We like we've never done fat free, um, but we have like switched like six years ago to like high high fat butter, like good fat breaders and oils and um, clean meats and grass fed and all that. So when we decided to like jump into keto. Um, we really just eliminated carbs and um, the one big thing that keto is different than other things is that it's high fat, medium protein, and low carbs. And as a woman, um, we do need carbs for sure, like for hormone and all, and just overall health. So um, I do about 30 carbs a day, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, but I notice if I don't eat enough carbs, then I get really hormonal and moody and, and I don't feel good. Um, and Keith does about 20 to 25 carbs, but... Um, in the past five months, I've lost 40 pounds and Keith has lost 50 pounds. And it's not like, it's not something where we feel like we're going to do this forever. It's just made us very aware of carbs and sugar. Mm-hmm. So we've eliminated all sugar. Um, we do use stevia. I use liquid stevia, um, and we use monk fruit, but we do really good clean fats, like really good clean fats. We don't do like cheap butter and like cheap, cheap dairy. Um, and we do clean meats as much as we can, but it's, it's been, it's been interesting to kind of see, like it makes, it has made us more conscious of the amount of carbs and everything. So, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we do have two kids and they're 13 and 10. <laughs> so we, you know, we don't make our kids do keto, but they are very carb aware now. Um, and I think anytime that you have like a lifestyle change like that, it's not so much about like am I going to do this forever and completely eliminating stuff? It's about making it work for your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And both Keith and myself feel like we'll transition more into more paleo. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, as we continue in this journey, but you know, it's good food. I mean, we still eat plenty of vegetables. Like we don't, and I think a lot of people get hung on that. Oh, if you do keto, you can't have vegetables. Not so. We, yeah, y'all we, are eating salads all the time. Oh yeah, we eat a lot of salads with um, avocado and like eggs and you know. What does a normal or a typical breakfast look like? So neither one of us have ever been breakfast eaters. So we get up and we have a cup of coffee with heavy cream. So you're um, almost doing a little bit of an intermittent fasting. We are, and we've always done that. We've never mm-hmm. uh, now we will eat breakfast sometimes, but it's not something where we're like, ooh, we have to have a big breakfast. Mm-hmm. So we get up, have a cup of coffee with heavy cream. Um, and then we have lunch like between like 1130 and one and lunch is typically like a salad with avocado and egg and some sort of like other protein, um, and cheese and you know, whatever dressing that's doesn't have a lot of sugar in it. Um, or we'll have like, like just like, um, charcuterie, you know, like mm-hmm. meat and cheese kind of and olives and that sort of stuff. But, or we can go out to eat. I mean, we pretty much eat out wherever we want and we just have like the meat and like a very like simple side, like some sort of vegetable. You have them hold the rice and take the bun off. Yeah, no, I eat more rice than Keith. Um, I have a, I can have about a half a cup of rice a day, um, if we're eating like out consistently. Mm-hmm. But if we're home, I just don't make it. We eat cauliflower rice, and for dinner we have like, you know, whatever protein we want, and then throw avocado or some sort of like sauce that I make with heavy whipping cream to get the fat content up. But it's really not that difficult. That's the crazy thing. It's not difficult. And it doesn't seem like you all have really felt deprived. Oh, gosh. I don't feel deprived at all. Now, there are times where I want to, like, eat my face off with, like, a bowl of ice cream because I love me some ice cream. But... You did eat my birthday cake. I did. And it was delicious. Yes. And you still lost weight. I totally... Yeah, it's not like I have to, like... We don't stay in keto all the time. We're not in Mm -hmm. ketosis all the time. Um, we can kick it up and like stay in ketosis for a couple weeks, and then like if we have a a day or you know a couple of days in a week where we have more carbs than we should, it's not the end of the world. Now explain really quickly what ketosis means. Ketosis means that your body is actually um, burning fat, using fat as fuel, um, and it's it's just a state of being. Like not to get too scientific, I don't want to do that, but it's basically just when your body is in ketosis and using fat as fuel instead of. Um, burning the carbs that you're eating and stuff because you're not eating that, so your body's using what you already have stored. So, yeah. And you don't want to stay in it for too long, like forever and ever and ever. Some people do. Just for us, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. But it's more of just being mindfully aware of what we're consuming, um, moving more, getting more exercise, more movement. And as you lose weight, you feel better, so you want to do that more. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's crazy. Exactly. So, yeah, it's been a journey. Wow, I'm really proud of you. Thanks. I was, I'm not going to lie, I was like, oh, okay, we'll see how long this lasts. <laughs> but yeah. I didn't say that. That's I was hoping so for the best. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, Leah. <laughs> and I just want to say, you know, like, this, I mean, sure, everyone, I'm, well, I'm just going to say it. Each each person is different. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes the marketing that we get on things mm. is that this is the one way you should eat. Yes. You know, and I think for our bodies with our different blood types, with our different genetic histories. Yes. Like it is important to figure out how your body is fueled best. Yes. Because for me, I joke, like <laughs> keto would be like the death Oh, you know, totally. call for me. We eat total opposite. Yes, when we go to Mexican together, <laughs> like I pass you my the you know the queso and yes. you pass me your rice. Yes, you know. <laughs> right now, I'm on a dairy free. Well, I'm not a hundred percent dairy free. It's it's like eighty five fifteen right now. 
I usually eat like one time a week, yeah. but I miss pizza. But anyway, for me, more dairy-free, more plant-based works so well for my yeah. body. But it's taken me a long time to figure that out. Oh, yeah. So, but I think it's great. Y'all are looking You eat everything that I good. don't, and I eat everything that you don't. So and it works out great. Yeah, and then we occasionally eat a salad together. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord, I love it. I love it. All right, girl. Well, let's see. What's feeling hard right now? Oh, what's not feeling hard always, right? <laughs> it's life. Are your adrenals tired? Oh, goodness. When people talk about adrenal fatigue, I'm like, oh, really? Like, we live in adrenal fatigue. Like, we're human, right? Yes, women especially. Life is just hard. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think people look at us sometimes and go, oh, they have it all together. Mm-hmm. Life must be easy for them. Mm-hmm. People have told me that. Oh, life, it's just easy for you. Yeah. But I think that we're human, so there's always, like, every day we have stuff that's, like, just hard to deal with. Well, I want to remind the listeners, you are an Enneagram 2, which means that you are the helper, the giver. Mm -hmm. You are in the heart triad, which means you feel the feelings, but you feel the feelings extremely of what other people have. Yes. So you take on a very um, outward load. Yes. So you are the person that is, you know, bearing a lot of burdens mm-hmm. for other people. Mm-hmm. So that that is that is hard. That's oh yeah. Hard. I mean, we always have family stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like always have family stuff. Like between mm-hmm. our t- my husband's family and my family, there's always something. But I mean, I think that as we transition through the different stages in life and the different things that we're doing, like I don't know. I think that. Church always feels hard. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Um, I think that I'm always kind of battling, like, what we do as, like, a church organization and what people are actually doing in their lives and, like, mm-hmm. how those two translate. Cause I, so yeah. this isn't really a question of, like, do I believe in Jesus? Oh, gosh, This is the fact of, like, something here on earth is not happening right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that both you and I mm-hmm. kind of feel the same way about how we were raised, mm-hmm. how that translates to like who we are as adults and how we interpret things and deal with people and deal with problems and all the things. And so when I say church feels hard, it's not that I don't love it and enjoy it. It's just like, what are we missing? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. what are, what is the thing that we're missing in this thing that we do that's called church? And I think that over the past like few years really but even more so in the past year it's kind of been this like I don't know I just feel like we've got to do something better are you feeling a lack of connection are you feeling a lack of focus are you feeling like things aren't feeling effective I feel like the lack of um effectiveness is what is the biggest struggle well that makes sense you're a doer you're an activator (laughs) so you walk in the doors and you're like okay what can I do yes Mm -hmm. well and that and I think too because I have a teenager Mm -hmm. and so I'm seeing things um and I think this happens with all parents like you think you've got it nailed and then your kids turn into teenagers you know it's like (laughs) you think you have it nailed and then you have a baby and then you're like newborn starts sleeping through the night you're like I got it nailed and then all of a sudden they start teething and you're like (laughs) dang it right then, like, you get through teething, and they're like, oh, yes. And then they climb out of the crib. And then they're right? a toddler. And then they're a toddler. And you're like, oh, dang it. And then you make it all the way through these stages, and then they become teenagers. God help us all. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a great age because they're, like, independent, and they can make a pot of coffee for you. Love that. Love it. But then it's like, okay, like, and especially now. Like, we're in a generation with teenagers 
who are being raised in a digital era. Yeah. None of us have been given the manual on how to do this. Mm-hmm. So we're raising kids in a new era, but it's like, and I think everybody feels like they raise kids in a new era, but this is like extremely it different is. now. It is very different. It's very different. And so in this digital world, how do you raise kids to have connectedness and relationships and be impactful and change the world and grow the kingdom of God, but we're doing church the same way we've done it for the history of time? It feels like a big growing pain. It does. And I think like it's okay to like lean into what feels uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because I think that's when like change happens. Yes. That's when you... That's when, like, the Lord stirs you and moves you to do something different. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that's okay. Yeah, and it, it doesn't mean, like, I'm piecing out on, like, the church institution at all. I just feel this, like, longing in my heart for something greater, different than how we've done it. So that we, because, like, if you don't change when when things, like, time changes, right? Like, as things progress, you have to be flexible. You have Gosh, to change. we know that, like, with our businesses and our, even your marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you get married, and if you're the same way you were 20 years ago that you are now, like, things are going to be difficult. You oh, have to Lord. Change. Like, <laughs> we all change. Um, but I think that, like, when I look at how we're doing things, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm constantly trying to figure it out. And it feels more pressing because I have a teenager. <laughs> I think that I feel just, I just feel this, well, if we talk about, you know, strength-based things, mm-hmm. like, you know, strengths finder, one of my strengths is relator. So mm-hmm. I am constantly just, I'm just constantly yearning for a true connection. That's why I start my podcast, because I wanted to feel like it's friends talking, yes. which it is right now. <laughs> and yes. um, hopefully our dear friend listening feels yes. like they're part of the conversation. Totally. Um, so I feel like for me, I'm always just like seeking true connection, but I have come to realize that it's very difficult to have a meaningful connection with someone else. If you don't have a true connection with yourself. Yes. Yes. If you are living in self-denial, yes. if you are stagnant, if you are in a season of being in an unhealthy place, like that is the recipe for not feeling connected to other people. So sometimes I, you know, I, I'm the first person to say like, I need to change. I'm always, always, I'm always, always, what can I do to change? What can I do to change? I'm always seeking change. But now I feel like it's hard for me to like walk in a space and I don't really want to talk about the weather. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about the schedule. Like I want to talk about what feels hard. Yes. I want to feel, I want to talk about what amazing accomplishment someone has done. I want, you know. But do you feel like, Leah, that like, because when I like survey the landscape of, of church, Mm -hmm. whatever that means, because church doesn't have to be like four walls and a roof that Mm -hmm. everybody goes to on Sunday, but like, um, when I survey the landscape of people, specifically women, um, in the body of Christ, I feel like they are, they've been told the story that they have to perform a certain way. They have to do it. And this doesn't just have to be in church. This, can, this is pretty much with everybody. Oh, it's right? a society it's message. It it's a society is. message. And we have all these people who they are just performing mm-hmm. and they don't feel connected. They are miserable. They feel like they can hardly breathe. Mm-hmm. They're just doing the motions every day because that's what they've been told that they have to do. And life is so much greater than that. Mm-hmm. And true connection, true relationships, true 
um, meaningful connections with other women and men and, and people is like really getting down to the nitty gritty and people really knowing what's going on with you. And yes. everything is so covered up now. Yes. It makes me sick. And that is such a frustration for me because I see this problem. I'm an activator, right? I'm like, I'm yeah. like a get it done. And you want to um, go to that hurting person. Yes. And I'm a communicator mm-hmm. and positive, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, ugh, and I'm an includer. So I want, I want to include people and I want to listen to them and talk to them. But I feel like people are just putting on a show. They're performing. I think that, well, I have a couple theories. You know, I always have a theory. Come on, girl. I think that if, my theory is that some women, not all women, I think that some women feel like they are too much. Mm. And so they dampen, they, they darken their light a little. They mm. dim their light, okay? They don't come out with whatever their true message is. They feel like they're too much. Yes. And then my other theory is that we were raised by a generation that did not acknowledge feelings. Oh, absolutely. And so now we have this generation of millennial and Gen X women, adults, men too, that when something hard is going on, we only know how to say the cliche. Yes. You know, like we only need to, we only know how to say like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, you're so strong." No, that's not what someone needs to know when they're going through a hard time. Totally. They need to know, like, wow, that sucks. Yes. That is horrible. Yes. Yes. You know? Oh, my gosh. They need to, like, they need to be validated. And then they need to have, like, some hope. Yeah. You know? But not something that's cliche. Like, you need to pull the hope out of your own experience. Yes. You know? Say, like, wow. You know, you you are incredibly brave. Yes. You're going to make it through this. And I'm bringing you coffee. Yes. Do you want decaf or regular? <laughs> Do you need a pack of coffee? Yes, totally. And I think that um, this, like, this time, like, this generation of, like, adult women that we are, we're all in this, like, this, like, zone of, like, self-care. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's, I'm like, proud talking. of us. We're all talking about self-care. Mm-hmm. But then it also feels really wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? For a lot of people, they're like, oh, no, self-care. Because we were raised by the women who don't do self-care. Yes. Right? Yes. Or if they did, it was, like, on the DL, like, top secret, right? Yes. So, like, it's it's a new time where we're all kind of like, okay, how do we navigate this? We see other women hurting. Those women, like, don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We want Some of us want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But then, like... But it feels like sometimes if we're not in the right setting and we talk about it, it just falls on flat ears. Yes. And then you're like, wow, I'm never talking about that again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm screaming... <laughs> That's what I'm screaming. What I'm screaming is that y'all need to start talking about it. Yes. Like, find the people that are your people, not to be too Grey's Anatomy on you, but find your people and, like, just start talking, mm-hmm. you know? Because the best thing is to get a little uncomfortable, mm-hmm. work on self-development, not to sound cliche, but, like, that self-development will, like, spur something in you where you need to be heard. And I'm going to go ahead and give a little hack. Mm-hmm. If you... If someone tells you something and you don't know what to say, I have five little words that are going to help you. <laughs> Come on, Leah. Ready? Tell me more about that. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't always have to have the answers. Yes. You don't always have to fix it. You're so good at that too. You always say that. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. But like slow it down, mm-hmm. you know, and like look them in the eyes and just be with them. And I think if we start like pushing that more mm-hmm. and just slowing down... Man, we're changing stuff, y'all. Changing stuff. 
It's so needed. Not just in the church, but in life. Good grief. Okay, Spring, we're going to play Two Truths and a Lie, okay? Okay, I'm so nervous. <laughs> Really fair to play with you because you know everything about me. I know it. I'm not gonna, I am not gonna lie that it took me a bit to think of mine because I was like, No, she knows that. No, she knows that. <laughs> if I don't know everything about you, then we're in trouble. Okay, I wrote mine down just so I wouldn't flinch when I was going through them. Okay, okay, here we go. Two truths and a lie. You have to identify the lie. Okay, I have been skinny dipping in broad daylight. Okay, I am a closet friends super fan. Okay. If I could be any Disney princess, it would be Cinderella. <laughs> Leah. Okay, I think it's skinny dipping in broad daylight. That's a lie. No. Leah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You've been skinny dipping in broad daylight? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> that is the best ever. Do you want me to tell you that about that story? Yeah, tell me right. Okay, quick. so you know I used to live in the same camp you used to li- live in. You know, Shut <laughs> up. this is getting better. <laughs> okay, and it was not. I, I'm not gonna say who was with me. Oh, but there was a. It was just girls. So oh, just girls. You can imagine who it was. Oh, so we went at night. And we like slid down the slide, the water slide into the lake. <laughs> And then the next morning, we got up at, like, 6 a.m. and did it again. Oh, my gosh. And we had just all jumped off the dive board, and then someone came in around in a trunk, and we were, like, hiding. Oh, my goodness. This has completely changed my life. I don't think I'm ever going to be the same after this. Oh, my gosh. And if you all, like, knew me for, you know, any amount of time, you know. I'm So rebellious. Yeah. Scandalous. Well, I, that, this is pretty scandalous. Okay. No, I have been that. Um... All right, you get another guess. Okay. I'm a closet friend super fan, or if I could be any Disney princess, it would be Cinderella. I think that it's the Cinderella. That's a lie. No. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Oh, I totally. Oh, I'm good at this. You're so good. Okay, I am not a friend super fan. Really? Hun really likes friends. Oh, of course I have not does. seen one episode. Oh, I haven't either. Okay. Well, I got you on that one. No, if I could be a Disney princess, I'd be Cinderella because, hello, 90s version ever after with Drew Barrymore changed my life. Oh my goodness. Leah, I can't even believe I failed this game. I like lost so hard. (laughs) I I really lost. Well, no, in truth, it took me like 30 minutes to think of this because everything else you would have known. Oh gosh. Okay. (laughs) All right. Your turn. Okay. This is hard, like, because you know so much about me. I know. Because I'm a communicator and I tell you everything. I know. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, here's my two truths and a lie. Um, okay, here we go. Okay. I met my hubby at a nightclub when I was dancing on a speaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went bungee jumping in high school off of a bridge. Um, I hand-raised baby owls and fed them live mice to keep them alive. Oh, well, I know that you met Babe when you were dancing on a speaker at a nightclub. Okay, so that's definitely true. Yes. 
21 years ago. Oh, okay. So do I think that you've been bungee jumping or that you have kept baby owls alive? Yeah, what do you think that is, Leah? Okay, you had this baby deer in your backyard that you, Dennis, that you, oh, yeah. you took really good care of that. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to say you did not bungee jump. Leah, I didn't bungee jump. Oh, see, because I know you. <laughs> All I do is win. <laughs> Leah, you totally, you're such a game winner. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. That was kind of hard to do together. Yeah, it was. You need to do it with people that you don't know so well. Yes, yes, yes. That's probably a better game to play as like an icebreaker. Oh, yeah. Which, no one likes icebreakers. Did you know that people don't like icebreakers? Oh, I don't like, I, I don't like games either though, but hanging out with you. Are you kidding me? But that's why I let you do all the games. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't want to do a game. Okay, I've got a question for you. Okay, What on. was your word for the year? Up level. Okay. Do you feel like you've done that? Yeah. I de- definitely think you have. Oh, yeah. That's great. It was up-leveling just because I felt kind of like in a rut. Um, and I, for a while, I guess for a couple of years, Keith and I were kind of feeling like, what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and like skilling up is one thing, but just kind of like up-leveling your game, like doing different things that are hard, um, changing your skills and all that. Like I think we've definitely... It has been a year of change. We've been doing that, for sure. Good job. Yeah. yeah. That's good. You too, girl. Oh, I know, but my word was... What was your word? <laughs> my word was strength. Oh, Leah. <laughs> girl. It's like backwards year. <laughs> no, but okay, that's not true, because this has been a year of strength for you. Yes. Like, it has Maybe. been a huge... It's been a huge show of strength. Most people... Would not go through what you've gone through. That's true. And come out on top like you have. That takes a lot of strength. Well. You're building new muscles. I think I'm building new muscles. You are. I don't feel strong, but I think I am building new muscles. You may not feel strong, but you are strong. Mm, that's nice. Like, for somebody that's known you for a long time mm-hmm. and kind of seen the the metamorphosis of who you are, like, yeah, you're strong. I feel like this year has brought out my wing four. Okay, whatever so, that means. Okay, so for those of you who do not understand what I'm talking about, so I'm an Enneagram three, which means I'm an achiever. I like to get things done. I like to win. Yes, she does. But my wing is a four, which means that I feel the high highs and the low lows. Yeah, so that's what this year has been about: high highs and low lows. Yeah, but what positive changes? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've had some big. Po- you've had hard things. Mm-hmm. Really hard. Really hard. I mean, I've been there with you through kind of the thick and the thin of it all. Yes. But, um... I need to put you on payroll for, like, counseling. Oh, yeah. Like, totally. I'll send you my bill. <laughs> Just have your tab. <laughs> we have a running tab between us anyway. Yes. But I think that, um, most people, instead of doing the hard things, they, they run and hide. And that's why they continue in their mess, you know? Mm-hmm. And you've done the hard things. Mm-hmm. And really, like... Got down to the, the, the nitty gritty, ugly, dirty parts of your life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not totally. easy. Mm-mm. You're, it's, it's making you strong. Mm-hmm. That's a great, that's a good word for you for this year. Mm. I would look at it differently than like what the. I think is. I'm going to have to get some distance from it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you need to go float in my pool. Yes, I need to be floating in your pool, Cabana Life. Yes. Hashtag Cabana Life. Yeah. All right, before we sign off, uh, what oil have you have you been loving on? Oh, Yarrow Palm. Ooh, yes, ma'am. I love it. What have you been doing? Well, I've been taking two drops three times a day under my tongue. Okay. Or in a capsule. Just, well, that's good for your hormones and weight loss. It is. Hormone balance, um, like metabolic support. It's just, it's so, so good. Um, but I love it on my skin. So every time I wash my face, I'm putting it on my on my face afterwards. And I love how it feels on my face. Mm-hmm. And we just discovered today that it's great for chapped lips. Because my daughter has been licking her chapped lip all the way up to the bottom crease of her nose. Oh, kids. help me. <laughs> and we put Yara Palm on it. Two applications. And it's already, like, visibly better. So... I'm loving it. I love it, too. I've been rolling it on my face. Oh, it's so good. It's so nice. I've, I've started putting it on the backs of my hands, too. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're driving, you, that sun is hitting the back yes. of your hands, and it kind of makes your skin look... No, Leah, I wear driving gloves when I drive. Oh, if only. <laughs> Hashtag goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm driving my Prius. <laughs> All right, very good, girl. All right, I was gonna I was going to ask you, what is some really good advice someone has given you, and... You already told me that, that was a hard question. So let me ask you, what is good advice you have been that you have given someone else lately? <laughs> oh, I, well, I'm always telling people just to be kind. Mm-hmm. Just be kind. Reach out. Love others. Love them where they're at. Don't mm-hmm. don't pass any judgment. We just had this conversation with um, Rylan, my 13 year old, because he was noticing some differences with people, and we asked him if it changed the way he would treat him, and he said no. Mm. And I think that it's really important that that's how we live our lives. Just being kind, loving on people, not passing judgment. If we're having a bad day, it doesn't mean we need to make other people have a bad day. Oh, so true. And it's hard. Even as like a mom and a wife, like, oh yeah, I've got my days. Good grief. <laughs> Act like I shouldn't or say something that I shouldn't. But I think that in general, if we just operate out of a place of kindness and love, and not judging other people, like, listen, their problems are their problems. It's not between you and them. It's between them and God. You have no business worrying about what their problems are. That's right. Know? I saw today on ye old Facebook. <laughs> that <laughs> I'm saying ye old because I'm over Facebook. But it was so perfect. It said that <laughs> minding your own, your own business costs zero dollars. <laughs> Yes. So true. Yes. So true. Just be kind to people, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're having a hard time, reach out. Mm-hmm. Tell tell people. Yes. You know, I mean, how many times have you said to me, Leah, I'm having a hard day? Oh, yes. Yeah. I've like, learned to verbalize that. Yes. Like, just reach out to people. Be kind. Love on people. Get outside of your comfort zone. No one needs you to die on the sword of being a martyr. Oh. You know, like, you are allowed to have a bad day. Yes. But you have to tell someone that you're having a bad day. <laughs> and I think that's, oh gosh, we could go all day on this, but I just think so many times, like, we think our opinion is going to be the thing that changes somebody else's opinion. Yeah. And Never. Yeah. Very I mean, rare. They're like buttholes, right? Everybody's got one. Who cares? <laughs> like, nobody needs to be fighting over their opinions. Like, who cares? It's not worth it. It's mm-hmm. not worth division and hate. That's why we're in the mess that we're in. Focus on what you have in common, not what's different. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right, girl. Where can people find you? 
springestep.com on Instagram at springestep. All right. I'll put the links in the show notes. Thanks, girl. girl. Thanks for chatting with me. This is fun. Yeah, girl. Anytime. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, would you do me a favor really quick? If you have not yet left the Small Queen of Podcast a review over on iTunes, would you take just a quick second and give me a rating and review? I appreciate that so much. All right, you all. Have an awesome week, and we will catch you next time. Bye.